Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. So, somebody had asked one time to us elders, said, why don't you give a message on giving? And so, we talked about that and stuff, and it's a little awkward to give a message on giving, but I'm going to try it. And that way Mike doesn't have to do it, since he is on salary at the church, and it's a little awkward to say, hey, give money to this church. Anyway, so I'm going to speak on giving. I feel like the service this morning was much deeper than giving. So I almost feel like I'm switching gears here, but uh, I feel like that's the way that the, the Lord has been leading me. Um, so that's what we are going to do this morning. So I'm going to be speaking on giving. Um, do, you give, do you guys give your kids allowances? No allowances. Your, your parents are going to start giving you an allowance today. Okay? You've worked hard all week. And you really did all your chores, and they say, here's your allowance. How thrilled would you be? Here, can I have that? I'll have to show them. It's a little copper penny. Okay, would you be very thrilled? No. Okay, so the next week you work really hard, you do all your jobs, and they give you an allowance. And this week they pull out this. Would you be, would you be happy with that? You sure? Huh. <laughs> Okay, they would have to have one for each of you, okay? They're going to go broke quick. <laughs> so why do we think $100 is worth a whole lot more than a penny? Well, this morning we are going to look at uh, some scriptures on giving. And your take home today, this is at the end of the day, at the end of this sermon, be a giver of an appropriate offering. Be a giver of an appropriate offering. And I'm going to try to work real quick today through this, but I came up with 10 truths of giving. Some of you guys give regularly, and I hope this encourages you and maybe brings up some new thoughts. If you don't give, I don't want it to be discouraging to you, I want it to be something that encourages you to get started in a very practical way. But we all should be giving. So we're going to look at 10 truths about giving. Um, The first ones are going to focus on God. The second group is going to focus on us as believers. And then we'll talk a little bit about the church and giving. Um, So I don't have anything to go any scriptures to go up there so you have to grab the bible under the chair in front of you or get your own and we're going to go to mark chapter 12 mark chapter 12 and we're going to read verses 41 to 44 and i'm going to read some other verses but because of time i'm not going to have you turn to them just ask you listen carefully but mark 12 41 jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, 
This poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This $100 bill in circumstances is not all, is not as much as the penny. And I think that's what Jesus is telling us here. So, if you're going to be writing today, you're going to have to go fast. Um, Number one thing, God discerns. The first truth is that God discerns the giver's heart. There were lots of people putting in $100 bills, and I don't know what happened to my penny. I can't hold it up. Somehow I lost it already. Did I give it with you? No. (laughs) Ah, there it is. Got it. She put in this little penny, but Jesus said this was more. That was more. Um, So God discerns the giver's heart, and that's what this story indicates uh, to us, that God sees and knows the gift that is given. Um, It's kind of weird. They sat down and watched people putting their money in the treasury. You've ever been in a situation where you feel like somebody in the store or something, kind of maybe security or some other, I don't know, they're watching you. Jesus was just sitting there watching what was going on, observing. Um, And as he did that, he explained this principle to the disciples that the amount, God does not focus on the amount. He focuses on the heart. Uh, But this idea of sitting there watching, you know, it would be like if somebody stood back there by our offering box, which is in the back, by the way, you know, and just stood there and watched people as they put in their money. That's kind of what Jesus was doing. Uh, but at the temple, they apparently that's the way they did it. And um, the rich were putting in from their excess, from their wealth, um, but the widow was putting in all she had. I wonder if this lady was really a welcoming sight to Jesus. You know, he struggled with the Pharisees and the uh, teachers of the law and in conflict. Sometimes his disciples just didn't get it. We've been learning that in Sunday school. They were kind of slow to learn. But here's this poor widow that shows up, and I think Jesus is excited. Wow, she gave her all. And I think this is a, an exciting moment for him. Jesus considers the heart. Uh, he sees, God sees things very different than what we do. God sees things very different than what we do. I've asked Kayla to put a drawing up on for five seconds. I want you to look at this drawing. And then we'll shut it off. Do you have it? Uh, Okay, shut it off. We'll see what you saw there. Uh, God sees things very different than we do. If on that drawing you saw a young lady kind of looking off into the distance, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. If you saw an old lady kind of looking down like this, raise your hand. What's wrong with you guys? (laughs) Who saw what? How many saw a young lady? How many saw an old lady? God sees things very differently than we do. And when he saw this poor woman, widow, giving her penny... He saw a whole bunch. He saw more. He saw it all. He saw that she was giving completely. 
God sees things differently than we do. So remember that God discerns and understands what we give. God discerns. Second thing, God loves a cheerful giver. I'm not going to turn to it, but in 2 Corinthians 9, the Bible says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Um, We need to put a smile on our face and our heart when we give and give with the right attitude. Now, I already had one person come up and say, I give, but I'm not so sure I give cheerfully. So, good. Let's start with the giving. And, you know, when we realize all that God's done for us, he does want a cheerful giver, not a grudging giver, not a complaining giver, not a whining giver, but a cheerful giver. So God discerns, God loves. In giving, uh, the third truth is God prioritizes. God prioritizes. Uh, I'm going to read some verses out of Malachi. God is saying to the Israelites, When I draw near to you for judgment, and I I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, and against those who oppress the wage earner in his wages, against the widow and the orphan, and those who turn aside to the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. I, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of, for, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes, and you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? God describes a bad situation. Adulterers, sorcerers, uh, people shortchanging people on their wages, not taking... And he says, the end, last question is, how will you return to me? Well, we could list a whole bunch of answers. Somebody's in sin, living in sin. How do they return to God? There might be all kinds of answers. But in this verse, in this chapter, God says, the next verse, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation. It was very interesting to me to say, all these problems he listed in the first verses, all the sin of Israel, and he's saying, if you want to turn to me, start tithing and giving. God prioritizes. Giving is not just a minor issue with God. These verses show us it's very major. All these problems they were having, all the sins they were committing, God says, to get turned back to me, start giving. Start giving. So God prioritizes uh, in giving. Um, and he, he emphasizes that in Malachi. Um, because tithing is such an unusual request or answer to that question, how shall we return? Start giving your tithe if you want to return to me. Fourth one, God owns. This is the fourth truth, that God owns everything. If you think of tithing as giving 10%, think of it as God already has 100%. I'm just giving back to him 10%. God has blessed us all with everything we have, all the tangible things we own, all of our income, all of the dollars we have, um, he's asking for a tithe in return. Uh, So God owns um, everything. Everything we have, 
It's all under his control, and it all should belong to him anyway. And just in a tangible way, he asks us, please return some of that in an offering to me. So God, God uh, owns it all. So when quickly looking at this, God discerns. God loves a cheerful giver. He prioritizes giving very highly, and he owns it all. Now, changing the focus, what about us as believers? How does giving fit in with us? Uh, a believer's wealth. The fifth truth is all believers are to give no matter their wealth. In this Mark passage, the rich were giving, that was good, and the widow was giving. All believers are supposed to give, whether we're middle class, rich, poor, all of that's pretty relative. Who knows what we really are, but we are to be giving. Um, there's lots of times that you read in the paper about somebody who donated millions of dollars to a, some cause or school, and uh, Notre Dame has a DeBartolo Performing Arts Center. If you ever go in there, it's a really nice building. Well, this guy donated a lot of money to it. Um, he gave out of his wealth, but it's not just high income or wealthy believers that are to give. We are all supposed to give. And probably there's some people that have a little bit of money that don't give, and there's some people that don't have any much money, and they don't give either. But we're all supposed to be giving to the church. Um, that is part of our believer's out uh, of our Christian life. A part of that is to be giving. Um, another thing to remember is believers should be giving in secret. Matthew says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So we're supposed to keep our, our giving secret. Um, just to make this kind of practical home, in our church, there's only a few people that know who gives what. We try to keep it a secret. We try not to bring that up. Um, we don't publicly track how much people give. Um, there's, we got a couple people that count the money every Sunday, and then they give a total to Sharon, who records the total. We do try to keep it a secret, and that's part of the reason of the box in the back. It's a little bit more secretive on what you give, and we don't want to know what everybody gives. That's between you and God. Uh, so please give, but give in secret. Don't be like the rich people in Mark 12 there that were giving, and I'm sure that the people's eyes, the disciples' eyes, were on that big gift, the one that was like, wow, you know. Don't... Uh, Keep your giving in secret. Um, and then we are to give uh, cheerfully. I think I mentioned that already. And then, um, finally, the eighth truth is that we need a commitment as believers to give. Um, again, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says... Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. 
um, believers must make a decision on an agreement and agree with God how much to give. Some people ask, how much should we give? 10% has always been a traditional amount, the amount we hear in church. We ought to give 10%. It's mentioned in Genesis 14 when Abram gave a tenth to Melchizedek, who was the high priest. Uh, that's a starting point. Um, we ought to be giving, but I'm not going to say if you give 9.9%, you're falling short of the 10%, and therefore, you know, but we ought to be giving. Um, what are some, some ways to get started? Let's say you don't give. Uh, how can you start with that? I would say, first of all, start with a small amount. Just get started. Just get started. Maybe it's a dollar. Surely, let's see, a dollar is like only a half a bottle of pop, right? Uh, how much is a dollar? Um, start giving and get into the habit. Even if it's a small amount, put in a dollar or ten dollars or something in the box in the back next week to get started. Giving a small amount will help you build a habit. And don't feel discouraged if you're just starting. Don't say, oh, I can't give enough, so I'm not going to give anything. Just start with a little. Start the habit. Start making it. Uh, God blesses those people that give. Um, so we should, be, we should be giving, and to start with a small amount and have the goal of increasing is a great idea. Um, remove the barriers for giving. I personally, years ago, would suddenly be like two months behind in giving because forget the check one week to come to the church. Uh, you know, just, just the life would get too busy. And all of a sudden I realized I hadn't given a tithe for two months, so now i got a chunk of money that I need to give, and that makes it harder. So I, I, I'm a little bit modern sometimes. I finally decided just when I sit down at the computer, I use my bank and pay my different the electric bill and all that. I just send a check through the mail to the church, so I don't ever put anything in the box, um, but it comes directly to the church because that works for me. Otherwise... I, I can't remember to get a checkbook here. I don't know if anybody else has that problem. Uh, so if you, if you have that problem, just mail it. I got thinking maybe we, a church ought to get real fancy and we could have a, like a debit card machine back there and you could <laughs> pay your... How many of you have little to no cash on you most of the time? Yeah, I'm kind of that way too. Uh, I don't have very much cash. But get rid of those practical barriers that stop you from giving. Find a way to remember, and, and we as a church or mission organizations, whoever you're sending money to, just send it in the mail with the rest of your bills if that's what it takes. Don't let those kind of things um, stop you from, from uh, getting your tithe paid. Remember to have just some sort of reminder to pay your tithe. And lastly, from Malachi, uh, we have a believer's blessing. The truth is that believers receive blessings from God from giving. God says, See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will, be, there will not be room enough to store it. We get these blessings from God. Now, it, I don't believe in the, uh, you know, 
prosperity gospel. We don't always see how these blessings work out. It's not the next day that I give and I get twice as much in the mail or something. Uh, but God does watch over us, protect us, and take care of us and those blessings. And somehow a part of that is in our giving. I, I can't put it all together in detail, but somehow in your life, part of the blessing you enjoy is based on the giving you give back to God. That is a truth. We may not always comprehend it, but um, that, that is the way it works. If you are giving, God is blessing you in some way for that. Believe that through faith, believe that through faith, and be encouraged in your giving. If this whole message on giving is like, okay, I, I've given for 50 years of my life, I do it every week, you know, it's not a spiritual issue to you, take courage in that, that as you have been giving, God is blessing, protecting, and watching over you as you give to him. Also, if you giving to others directly can be a huge encouragement to others and a blessing to them if you give. Uh, how many of you guys ever go to Yups? It's kind of out of the way for Goshen people. Few do, okay. If you go to Yups, they don't take debit cards. <laughs> so I'm at Yups and promised three grandkids ice cream. And it's a good place to go if you want to go there. Promised three kids ice cream, get out of the truck, we're walking up to the window, and it clicks. I didn't grab any money before I came. I pull out my wallet, and I had a $10 bill, so I'm looking at the prices, and I think, okay, if I don't get anything, and they each get a cone, and I'm telling them this, we're saying, okay, if you guys could have this, this, and this. Oh, and they don't charge sales tax on top of their price, so the math is easy. So we're adding up, how do we get to $10? And, I'm, and then somebody comes up and taps me on the shoulder, and he's a young guy with kids, handing me a $20 bill. I said, no, no, no. I mean, they don't have to have big amounts of ice cream. They'll get a little bit. And I was saying, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. You don't. But he kept insisting. And so finally I took it and I got ice cream even. <laughs> but it was such a blessing to, to me. It, just, it was just an encouraging thing that some guy with kids, younger than I am, would come up and give me $20 because he heard me talking to the grandkids about what we were going to be able to buy and not buy. So, but then I was at Yups with the grandkids. I get there quite often. I was at Yups with the grandkids again, and I heard a lady at the window say something about a check from Minnesota, and da da da. And the lady and said, "I'll I'll check and see." And I thought she's here with no cash, so I got out a twenty dollar bill and I gave it to her, although she declined. Said, "No, no, no, no." I said, "I have to." The guy helped me out. I have to pass this on to you and, and give it to you. And so she finally took it. But the idea of being a, a giver and generous, and you can be a blessing to others when you give. Um, how many times in, in this church have people given to other people's needs? Um, so the, the believers have a blessing. The last thing to cover real quickly is, okay, the church. Our church here, and churches in general, will prosper as people give. Um, this church is financially strong because of God's people giving. This church is also unique in some ways. We have very, we're very much a cross-section of social, economic 
status, I want to say. I don't like the word. But that's good. That's the way the church should be. It should not make any difference on a fellowship, your income. That shouldn't be any kind of factor. And I appreciate that about this church, that we have all different, different levels. Um, but we all should be giving. And this church has been a very, very, very generous church. Um, we have, rather than a church that's worrying about paying the utility bill next month, which maybe you've been in some of those churches, or making the pastor's salary this week, we have money in savings um, just from the generous giving of this church. Uh, for this year, we budgeted 135000 in giving, and we're 6000 ahead of that as of halfway through the year in June. So we appreciate that. We appreciate people giving. And again, go back to the widow and the rich people. It's not the amount... It's not the penny or the hundred dollars, it's your heart in giving, and everybody should be giving. But as a church, uh, we do, this group of believers does very well with tithing and giving. Uh, the church appreciates that. It takes one thing off the plate to not have to worry about. The fact is, we're kind of the other way. We have this money in savings, what do we do with it? We, we need to, we need to, be thinking that way, and we've discussed it, you know, building or what, I, just all kinds of things. But uh, we appreciate everybody's giving in this church. So, some conclusions from these thoughts. Remember the take-home. Be a giver of an appropriate amount of tithes or offerings. You, me, be a giver of an appropriate amount. I'm not going to put a lot of details to that. You and God need to do that by determining what your gift is going to be. Corinthians says, determine in your heart. You need to determine that. And as you give regularly, be encouraged that God is blessing your obedience and is watching out over us. It's not a reward, but he is blessing those who give and give to him. Um, and I like, I'd like to just close with the, this chapter or verses out of Mark. When Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Be a giver of an appropriate amount to God. Let's pray. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.